0: United States
1: Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit is now in session.
0: Judge Rawlinson, can you hear us? Yes, can you hear
1: me? We can thank hear you, you fine.
0: Perfect, uh,
1: thank you. Welcome, everyone, to the Ninth Circuit. We're going to hear the cases in the order that they're on the calendar this morning, but a number of the cases have been submitted on the briefs, and I'll just run through them quickly. United States versus Carter. Marquez Munoz versus Garland, United States versus Brinson, United States versus Cadem, and Lacona Anaya versus Garland. The first argued case this morning will be United States versus Gutierrez. And Ms. Ferrand, I believe you're up first.
0: Good morning, Your Honors, and may it please the Court. My name is Margaret Ferrand. I'm from the Federal Public Defender's Office, appearing today on behalf of the defendant and appellant, Juan Manuel Gutierrez. I would like to reserve two minutes for rebuttal, please, and I will be sure to watch the clock. The government failed to meet its burden to show reasonable suspicion to support the officer's stop of Gutierrez. This court should therefore reverse the district court's denial of Gutierrez's motion to suppress and remand to the district court for further proceedings.
1: Let me ask you to address a related topic. Let's assume that we agree that there wasn't reasonable suspicion to stop Mr. Gutierrez when the officers entered the alley and turned on the lights. Can you address whether or not any taint from that was Dissipated by what occurred thereafter, particularly since they were legally in the alley. They were entitled to be there. They were entitled to see whatever they saw and learn whatever they learned.
0: Your Honor, I'd like to address that. I'm glad you brought that up. The government is making these arguments, which are improper because they weren't raised below, but regarding taint and inevitable discovery, which are really fact-intensive. But on its face, they don't make any sense. Because what happened here is the officers saw Mr. Gutierrez, activated lights and sirens, stopped them, and got confessions.
1: The well, interview. Something happened. See, that's. Um, please, please address this. Something happened between the time that they did that and got confessions. They saw on the ground these mortars. Uh, they questioned Jr., yes. who said they're not mine. Uh, and so they had at that point hadn't they developed something? Something whether it's reasonable suspicion or a probable cause. To think that your client was in possession of illegal fireworks.
0: Your Honor, the fact that there were mortars sitting on the ground two car lengths away by a wall where multiple people had been leaving things over a period of time by a memorial did not create the suspicion that caused them to search his truck. But when the officer
1: I'm sorry to jump in again, but that's not quite the question. The question is that so we have a bad stop to begin with. I agree with you. Let's say I agree with you on that. What could overcome that? So you're saying that that something could overcome it, just the facts of this case don't allow it, or just nothing can overcome it?
0: The, 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 the government raises various different legal arguments it never raised below. I'll, I'll just address them one by one. I think first of all is this idea under Rodriguez that you can prolong a stop. You get you have a, but that depends on a good stop. You have to have a good stop in Rodriguez and all the seduce the other cases. The stop was lawful at its so inception. Is your answer
1: to Judge Owens's question that nothing can save this? No matter what happened thereafter, it doesn't matter.
0: Nothing can save this stop on the record we have. No, no, have
1: no I'm no no, wait, no, no, I'm just – no, just stop for a second. Okay. Well, you'll get plenty of time. To, the question is, could something save a stop that began this way? and ended in a search. Forget the facts of this case for a moment.
0: If there were something else that had happened that were linked to the discovery of the evidence sought to be suppressed, in Baker, this court, said that.
1: Okay. The intervening so, fact has so, to be
0: linked to it, sorry. and that has to be shown by the – I'm sorry, Your Honor, but it has to be shown by the government. Okay. Okay, so that's why we have evidence here, hearings, which uh, none of which happened here uh, but.
1: But we've, we've all watched the video. So uh, assuming that something can justify the eventual search even after an illegal stop, Tell me why the facts in this case don't.
0: Okay. For something intervening to justify it, it has to be uh, disconnected from the ultimate discovery of the evidence. And, first of all, Mr. Gutierrez needs to have an opportunity to question the officers about that and develop that record below. But even apart from that, what led to the discovery of the gun in his car and the search of his car was... Not the fact that there were mortars standing next to the wall, or that there were or that there were open containers. It was that right after having the lights and the sirens and the bad stop executed on him with the lights and the sirens, he then said, uh, Jr. immediately said, "Okay, I have fireworks in my backpack." And then and then Gutierrez said, "Oh, those are my fireworks over there." But for that, which came from them having been initially stopped with the lights and the sirens. Uh, there would have been no basis to search the car because the officers didn't rely on the simple fact that there were mortars or, um, or open containers next to the wall. Those were not, those were not sufficiently connected, nor did any officer ever say they were. It was only after Gutierrez said, oh, I have some other fireworks over there, that he then handcuffed him and said, now we have cause to search your car. And that cannot be unlinked. That is, that is linked to the initial stop. Let let me change, let me change the
1: facts for you for a moment and see how, how you respond to this. Let's assume they pull into the alley exactly the same way. And there's a body lying next to the wall. And Mr. Gutierrez says something related to the body that's incriminating.
0: Okay. Probably,
1: no, I know those are not the facts of this case. You don't have to tell me that. Would that be sufficient to develop? either reasonable suspicion or probable cause. What would Mr. Gutierrez say with regard to the body around They him? he said the same thing. I got another body over there. Just okay. <laughs> just, just, the way, just the way he said I got another I, set of fireworks I think if he said there. I
0: have another body over there, I, I, you know, I think, I think we're in a pretty different landscape from
1: here. Um, but – but, Well, know. it's contraband. They see the contraband, and he says I got another one over there. Uh, so. I'm trying to figure out what the difference is other than the fact that the second crime is much more serious than the first
0: So we're really engaging in a lot of speculation as to how this stop would have gone down but for the initial – the facts that the government put in the record, which were – I saw him, lights and sirens, put your hands on the car, chasing the other guy down the alley. That is – Yes, that prompted them to say, oh, uh, these are my, you know, these are my mortars. Oh, I have fireworks in my backpack. Would they have done that but for all this? I sure don't know. And the inevitable discovery doctrine puts the burden on the government to show through non-speculative evidence that this would have transpired, that this We're would have been a We're not talking about inevitable
1: discovery here. What I'm well, talking about is whether or not the taint from the initial stop requires us to throw out the... Fruits of the search, yes, and that's that's a different uh, that's a different issue than inevitable discovery.
0: It does, Your Honor. It, the taint. Do, well, first of all, the taint argument wasn't raised below. So, but even assuming you could overcome that, it does require it because in Baker, this well, they won. Here, well,
1: they won below. So, I'm not sure we can hold them responsible for not making several other arguments that might have won.
0: Well, I think they. I I, I think that this taint is a factually intensive. Question undoubtedly because it looks at the time lapse, then the uh, the uh, factual nexus or intervening. The factual nexus has to be developed here. There was a very complex series of events that happened here that were all triggered by. What,
1: what, what, we have the we have the video. Yes, we have the statements have your client videos. made. We have the statements two videos. Two videos. The statements the officers made. What other facts would be? useful in determining whether or not the taint was dissipated. Yeah. How about why
0: did you search the car? You know, what
1: w- well, he said, the officer said, hey, and he said sort of apologetically, look, if you hadn't admitted to having the his, – his personal motives for searching the car don't matter because that's Wren. He said, gee, bro, if you hadn't admitted about the fireworks, I wouldn't be able to search your car. But you said you had the fireworks, and now I'm searching the car pursuant to – you know, pursuant to the car exception. So his his ostensible motive is right on the but, record.
0: But why did he why did he admit to having the fireworks? Because he'd just been stopped and uh, in a very aggressive way. What, what let's imagine let's reimagine the scenario that there's no lights, no no sirens. The officers just continue going down the alley and don't don't do anything until they happen to look over and they see the items that were by the wall. By this point, Gutierrez is not stopped. Neither is Jr. They're just talking, and the officers go talk to them. Would they have confessed? I sure don't know. And, we, and it really, I think, would be highly inappropriate for this court on appeal to then make that factual determination that yes, this is um, this. You know, the confessions are something that happened independently, and and that this whole sequence of events was not triggered by this inis- initial. Um, aggressive stop that happened. You
1: wanted to save a couple of minutes for rebuttal. Yes, Your Honor. Not not telling you to stop. I just wanted to you.
0: Okay, Your Honor. But but I think that's kind of the key point here is that this is a factual inquiry, and in Baker, this court said there needs the, the intervening, um, the intervening event has to be sort of the cause of the discovery. But in that case, the intervening event was totally disconnected from what had happened prior to it. Here, there's just, there's sort of an unbroken chain of events, and the confession resulted immediately after the stop and I think there's a lot of evidence to indicate that it was caused by the stop itself. What a person will do after having been stopped with lights and sirens and had their hands put on a hood is not the same thing as what that person would have done if they're just having an, a consensual encounter. And I certainly don't think we can assume, can assume that it is. Um, and, and certainly I think Mr. Gutierrez should at minimum have the opportunity to, um, to make his case before the district court on those issues. Um, so, yes, I would uh, please like you to reserve a little bit of time. appreciate, you. Your Honor. Thank you.
1: Ms. McCabe.
2: Thank, you, Your Honor. Good morning. May it please the court. Jenna McCabe on behalf of the United States. In this case, the district court did find that the officers saw the open containers of alcohol, the fireworks, and that the individuals were standing in the middle of the alleyway before the officers seized the defendant and ordered him to put his hands on the hood of the car. Then they started questioning him, and he admitted that the fireworks were his and that the car was his, and that gave the officers probable cause to search the car, and then they found the machine gun that he is charged with. You
1: know what? This is... Not an issue raised precisely raised in this case, but what's disturbing about this sequence of events is it smacks of pretext. Uh, they have no reason to think there's any violation of the Motor Vehicle Code. They go in there, I think, with the intention to detain whoever is there and see if they can develop some probable cause or reasonable suspicion to to detain them. Uh, why, should we, why should we allow a search under those circumstances to, to be validated?
2: Your Honor, I think it's important in this case that the officers had seen the fireworks as well. Well,
1: not when they turned on the lights and went into the alley, correct?
2: Agreed, Your Honor. And
1: you seem to concede in your briefing, or at least not contest, that the detention began when the sirens and the lights went on, and there was no reasonable suspicion at that point to think that anybody had committed a crime.
2: Your Honor, I, the government's position is that the seizure happened at the point that Officer Kim got out of the car and ordered the defendant to put his hands on the hood of the car. That's actually what the district court found at ER 26, where the district court went through all of the facts that had happened up until that point and then said the Officer Kim detained the defendant in front of the SUV after Officer Kim had seen the open alcohol containers and the fireworks, after they had turned on their lights and sirens. But all of that preceded the seizure in this case. So at that point, uh, the defendant was not seized, and so the stop was valid. But also, to the court's point about the taint, those fireworks and open containers of alcohol were in plain view. The officers would have seen it. Regardless of whether or not they turned on their sirens, it wasn't something where the sirens themselves caused the defendant to do anything that then gave the officers reasonable suspicion. So can
1: staffing. you can you address again the sequence of events? I I must admit having watched both videos, and is it clear that the officers see the fireworks? Because I'll, I'll put aside the open container for a moment. Um, I'm not. Is it clear that the officers see? The fireworks, not the fireworks in Jr.'s backpack, but the fireworks on the ground before they detain Mr. Gutierrez?
2: Yes, Your Honor. So as the court is aware, there's not dash camera footage in this case, so what we're dealing with is the angle of the body camera. And particularly with Officer Kim's body camera, you can see that... The police car starts to see beyond the wall, which is then where the memorial is, where the fireworks are, where the open containers of alcohol are, and that's at in the upper right-hand corner of the body cam, 144.01. Then at 144.05 is when Officer Kim begins to exit the car, and then at 144.21, once Officer Kim's body cam is better positioned for... Anyone viewing it to be able to see, you can see those red pack, the red packages. Oh, no, already. I know I
1: can see them on the body cam. That's not what I'm asking. What did the officers testify?
2: The officers in their declarations both stated that before they got out of the car, they saw those fireworks, and the district court actually so found in issuing its order below uh, the those things were seen, and in fact, the defense does not dispute that those were seen before the officers got out of the car. Uh, It's just that the body camera angle doesn't show it because the door and the dash are covering that body camera. So once they had seen those uh, items, even setting aside the discussion about the vehicle code violation, the officers had reasonable suspicion to detain and question the defendant about those um, additional things that they had seen. And at that point is when the defendant admits that the miner came to sell me some fireworks and then also said, I got another one right here, I got another fireworks right here. So those admissions and then the quick admission later when Officer Kim asked him whose truck it was, the defendant admits that that's his truck. And those admissions together gave the officers probable cause to search the truck for more fireworks as the officer told the defendant when he was speaking with him. And so under the automobile exception, this court should uphold the district court's finding that the officers had probable cause to search the car and find the machine gun that they found. And unless the court has any additional well, I, questions? I guess
1: one other question. I take it no Second Amendment defense was preserved in this case?
2: That's correct, Your Honor. And unless the court has any additional questions, uh, the government would ask that this court affirm the district court's decision.
1: Make sure Judge Rawlinson doesn't have any before you sit down.
2: I do not. Thank you.
1: we we'll put a minute on the clock so, we, so she doesn't have to rush.
0: Thank you, Your Honor. The government actually never addresses when – the moment at which the seizure occurred. And I think that it's not correct – it's not accurate to say that the district court made a determination that the seizure occurred after they saw the mortars and the fireworks. I think that's not an accurate representation of what the district court said at ER 26. The district court actually never – explicitly made a determination of the moment at which this seizure occurred. But under Hodari D., it's clear as a matter of law and the undisputed facts that it happens when lights and sirens are activated and the subject does not flee. It's undisputed here that that occurred well before the officers cleared the section of the wall that showed the mortars and the and the uh, open container. So I just don't think that the government is and And notably, this was brought up, Hodari D. was cited in the opening brief and the government didn't even address it at all in its briefing. So I just, I don't see how the government can now come in and say that the Caesar post, you know, post-dated the, seeing uh, these items that were only came into view much later. But the other uh, point I want to make to your honors is that in Baker, this court talked about the attenuation doctrine. The question is whether the illegal illegal activity tends to significantly direct the investigation to the evidence in question. Here it did. This set the whole tone of what happened thereafter. There was a stop that put Gutierrez and JR into a custodial situation, then they confess to owning these items that were strewn around, then the car was searched. And I just think that uh, attenuation is simply not available on these facts, and at the very minimum, certainly this court shouldn't reach out to make these very fact-intensive determinations um, without at least giving Mr. Gutierrez an opportunity to make his case for that and, and present evidence and question the officers uh, below. And I understand it's not a question of their subjective intent, but what would they have done? Okay, counsel, you've now gone. Okay. And i try All to right.
1: save time for I you appreciate that. <laughs> so yes. thank you. Thank uh, you. And we'll, just, we'll thank both counsel for their arguments and briefing in this case, and it will be submitted. Thank you.